0: Hey team, and welcome to the podcast where we send you into an introspective spiral. Um, Just kidding, but not really. Look, let's get real for a minute.
1: In this podcast, we'll be calling ourselves, each other, and society out on its bullshit and
0: challenging you to get up close and personal with the barriers you have put up for yourself. Along the way, we'll be having some confronting conversations and give you the tools to change your own life. Because you know what? Empowered people empower others. So let's start this quarter together. So what the fuck is stopping you? Hello and welcome to episode number 14 of What the Fuck is Stopping You. Today we'll be focusing on how I save money and manage a low income. So a very personal story today, I guess.
1: Thank you for getting personal with us, Is. I think it's um always quite hard to be quite open and honest publicly, but I think this is a really important conversation for um everyone to really listen to as a friend or as an individual that might also have a low income. How's your week been?
0: It's been good. I have really started writing my thesis now. Like the yes. ball is rolling. We are firing on all cylinders. The page count is rolling up and I, it like feels good when I write now. So I'm stoked. I've got one experiment left as well. So I'm just like counting down the days. Can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So good. What a nice position to be in because it's, it's been a long journey for you, hasn't it? Sure has. Almost mm-hmm. three years. It'll be three years on April Fool's Day which feels oh, very yes. fitting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's always the anniversary. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kat? Yeah. How's your week? Well, as you know, Erin, and probably as most of Auckland or New Zealand, um, obviously COVID is rampant in the community at the moment. Um, and so it looks like I've dodged a bullet, but I have um, been isolating and then I've been a critical, like considered a critical worker. So I'm just doing rat tests every day before work and going to work. But yeah it's, it's been a journey and a half and I won't go through the details. Um, but I'm okay. Um, I have really been enjoying work the last couple of days, which was really nice. I have been working in like a more rural kind of high needs area and it's just really fucking rewarding work. Mm. Um, like working with kind of more in need people and just being able to give more.
0: It's really cool when your values align with your career which is super lucky because not a lot of people get that so I know
1: and I actually have to touch on
0: I've never told you this Erin but I had like this gorgeous
1: family yesterday um and they often go back to somewhere in the Africa continent and they run a hospital there hmm. and um they were telling me different stories and then the little four-year-old just turned obviously the dad was saying that the four-year-old got up at um preschool and was giving a show and tell and telling um, the whole class about how when she helps people, she um, has seen people without hands and feet and like telling these gory stories, but like totally real. Anyway, she turned to me and she said, "And do you know what? When you help people, you feel better yourself. It makes you happy in here and pointed to her heart. And I was like, I just want to live by her motto. Like it's just so true and like so raw and so real, but very heartwarming.
0: Getting those wisdom bombs from the kids, eh? They're always so much better when they come from a young one.
1: Absolutely. So, as you can imagine, then I put on some Brooke Fraser driving home because remember she's got that. Yeah. <laughs> and just thought, oh, I want to give to, you know, and pointed to my heart. Yeah.
0: Look at you, inspired by kids. Love it. Inspired. How good.
1: Great. Let's get into this. A little bit different from uh, that cute little story, but um, kind of opens your eyes to, I hope, what we can all um, do and give, especially kind of during these challenging times coming ahead of our peak here in Aotearoa. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, switching track. Uh, today's <laughs> episode, a little bit of a disclaimer to start. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a financial advisor and neither is Kath. So for the you know, duration of this podcast or this episode, please don't take this as financial advice. You should be getting your financial advice from qualified people that are far more qualified than myself. I just love to talk about money and I'm quite open with my financial situation. And I guess what this episode is going to be is, I don't know if you guys listen to this podcast called She's on the Money, but basically. On this podcast, they do what is called a money diaries, which is where one of their listeners will phone in and talk through their financial situation and how they manage their money. And we thought that was really cool. Uh, We've got a lot of feedback from listeners to this podcast saying that they want us to do some more money chat. So we thought what a great place to start by me talking about how I save money and manage my money on a low income. So again, just to to repeat, please don't take this as, you know, financial advice it's just my story with money so maybe um, an interesting place to start this conversation would be a little bit removed for myself but maybe we could chat about some reasons why people might have a low income and Kath and I have spoken about this and it's tricky to define because we're not wanting to characterize or limit the scope of why people might have a low income hey Kath There's like totally so many reasons that people can have
1: a low income. And I think for some people and definitely all over the world, we'd all define low income differently. Um, But we just want to touch on them to kind of highlight the underlying kind of meaning or why or hows
0: behind it. Especially if you yourself aren't on a low income, it might just open your eyes a little bit to the things that people may be experiencing and as to why they have a low income in the first place. So I guess we can really broadly characterize the reasons why people would have a low income into two different groups. And either it will be because there's circumstances outside of their control that mean they have a low income or there's circumstances within their control that mean that they have a low income or a bit of both. Absolutely. Or a bit of both. Um, I think when we're thinking about circumstances outside of someone's control, that could mean that they have a low income. Again, so many factors. So we're not trying to put a defined list on this, but some of the factors that people may be experiencing is that maybe they've been injured, so they can't work anymore or they're working reduced hours maybe the line of work that they have chosen to go into is poorly paid or really difficult to find positions possibly as well maybe they need to care for dependents within their families so maybe you've got a, a sick grandma that you need to stay home with and look after so those are just a couple of you know examples but there's so many reasons why someone may have circumstances outside of their control that would lead them into having a lower income. So
1: circumstances also may be within your control so for example um, you might choose to prioritize something other than your job and that is like totally understandable for example you might be really trying to push a career in uh, ballet and that's, you're not getting paid. So therefore you are just like doing a small um, side job as well. Or um, you might want to work only a few days um, because you want to be with your kids or you genuinely just want to work a couple of days and enjoy life.
0: Totally valid reasons. And actually reasons that I would also sign up for. So can like can... ballet is totally. Yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, where that yeah. example came from. <laughs> But I think that's, it's really important to note that maybe within your control, but it also maybe outside of your control. So if you're looking at someone on a low income, you don't want to be sort of like, oh, you know, they just have a shitty job because that may be the reason, but it's also really likely that it's not the reason.
1: I think we should also just like air high five the people that are choosing to have a low income. And we're going to talk about this more kind of in terms of values and self-worth, but like it's a really bold step to consciously choose a lower paid job or a lower income because you know what your values are or because you want to spend time with your children. I know there are so many pressures on mums to be like super mums that you know or super parents mums dads whoever um to get back to work and to you know be on the grind be part of the hustle but it is like generally it's so i genuinely think it's so cool when people are kind of choosing to um you know to have that lower income because they value something
0: else oh yeah Air high fives to all of you lovely people out there and i guess there's also one other key reason that comes to my mind when I think of why people might be on a low income and I guess that's for the people that have a what I'm kind of referring to as maybe a self-imposed low income so these are probably people that are saving for a house deposit or a trip overseas or a new laptop or any sort of large purchase that they're deciding for maybe a defined amount of time that they are going to have a lower amount of free money or money that they're able to spend because they're saving for a big goal. And I guess that kind of leads into the next point that you can be on a low income for a short amount of time. If you're, you know, on maternity leave or you're saving for a big goal or you've got, you know, a torn ACL, anything like that. Or you could be on a, a low income for a really long amount of time. And that's probably because a whole slew of different reasons that probably don't fall under the same category as the ones before. So basically there's a lot of reasons why you may have a low income and it could be for a short amount of time or a long amount of time. But sort of the, the tips that I'm going to share that I've used to manage my low income will probably help you regardless of where you're at with your money story. Alrighty, Erin. Well, I know
1: you're, you know, sitting down here today, you're going to be open, transparent. Um, Do you want to give us a little background into your situation financial and kind of like how you got there and the reason why you were considered to have a low income?
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess when we're thinking about those reasons that someone may have a low income, I definitely fall under that broad category of being someone who it has a low income because, because of circumstances within my control. I've chosen to follow this path of pursuing a career that I think is really valuable and important, but it has meant that I've had a low income. So for those of you who don't know, although I'm sure you do because I talk about it probably far too much, but I am a PhD student, which basically means that I have been a, a, a university student for the last seven years consecutively and the whole span of my adult life I've had a permanent full-time job for six months so as you can imagine uh, my income is pretty low and has been for a long time currently I am on a stipend which is basically like an allowance from the university so they pay for me to live so that I can complete my research which will ultimately benefit them on the other end so my stipend is $28,800 a year so I know that a lot of us don't think in numbers but we might think in an hourly rate so if you break that down to a 40-hour work week which just granted it is never a 40-hour work week doing a PhD I think I work probably 60 hours would be a a more conservative estimate but that works out to be $13.80 an hour so that's less than the training wage or the apprenticeship wage in New Zealand, but it's also right around half the living wage in New Zealand. So as you can imagine, it's borderline illegal the amount that I'm getting from the university but basically what it means is that I'm on an incredibly low income and have been for a really long amount of time so if I compare myself to other people my age and I'm 26 at the moment I'm not in a what you would consider to be a good financial position because I've chosen to go down this lower income path and I think what people might not understand who are on a higher income is that i probably stress about money on a day-to-day basis it's the number one stressor in my life which is absolutely ironic given that i'm doing a phd you'd think that the the science was a bigger stressor for me but it's definitely the money and in saying that i'm incredibly lucky because you know i have a regular income which hasn't been impacted by covid i live with my partner so we can share some of the costs and things like that and although, you know, I'm not getting money from my parents or any other of, of my family members, my parents definitely taught me how to money, how to manage money from a young age in terms mm. of budgeting. So they've set me up to be in a good financial position, even if they're not, you know, contributing to my bank account at the moment. So although money is the number one stressor in my life on a day-to-day basis, I'm kind of better off than what I imagine a lot of people in my situation would be just because I'm still privileged to be in the position that I'm in. And I guess one cool thing that makes me feel like I want to talk to people about my money and how I manage it is that I have still hit all of my financial goals, despite being on such a low income. And I very rarely miss out on opportunities because I can't afford them. Often if I miss out on an opportunity, it's because I've put value somewhere else and I'm choosing to, prioritize being able to get my car serviced rather than go out for lunch
1: but also you know how good is that to actually be able to live doing things that you really want to do and you know money might be that factor that can like you know controls that but do you really actually want to be doing something you you don't want to be doing anyway
0: yeah and I guess that's that thing you really need to take a look at what you want out of your life and for some people Mm -hmm. that is money and if Mm -hmm. that is you so cool fucking I hope you get it like I hope you're fucking killing it out there just for me that's not what spins my wheels I'd much rather be on a lower income but like come home and be like fuck yeah that was a good day of work I loved the fact that I solved that problem for that person or Mm. I fixed that thing for that plant which is more likely what I would be doing so it's definitely a trade-off I think it kind of links to what we kind of you know went off
1: topic with at the start going on the tangent about talking about doing what you love but um it do you think it's worth it Erin and because you love and
0: you value the work that you're doing I think it's worth it sometimes it's Mm. it's tough I think nothing's black and white though is it absolutely not you know I wouldn't trade it but i would be very happy to get more money <laughs> so i love the experience i love the fact that at the end of this i'm going to be really qualified and um, i have a really high earning potential once i finish my phd but that doesn't mean that i've enjoyed the period of low income largely because yeah. of the stress that it's caused throughout so if you you know if you work for the university just check us some more money hey eh? we'd, we'd love a bit of extra cash in pocket at the end of it so um i guess that kind of We'll catch you up to date with my financial situation. I think the reason that I kind of wanted to talk about this topic today is not only because I love a finance chat, but also because people really often ask me how I manage my money or how I manage to save money or, you know, have a big emergency fund or whatever, despite having a really low income. And I think what I wanted to stress is that, you know, having a low income is really common. A lot of people are experiencing it, but there are ways to make it a little bit easier to deal with. So again, this is not financial advice. Don't take this to the bank and start, you know, following everything that I'm saying. But what I'm going to be giving you is just, I guess, the things that I've done differently with my money that have saved my ass time and time again over the past seven years. What's your first one? Go on then. Your so, nice tip. My my, my first tip, tip um is I guess I've kind of segregated them in my mind in my mind into two different categories. So there's things that you can do with your money, but there's also things that you'll need to change about your mindset. So, if we go into the money ones first, the first one is probably really straightforward and you'll probably know what I'm about to say, but it's that planning will save your ass time and time and again. So when I'm talking about planning, I'm talking about making sure you have a budget, making sure you have an emergency fund, making sure if possible, you have multiple income streams. Now, if you don't know what those terms are, this probably isn't the podcast that we're going to dive into those things just because this is meant to be kind of a high level overview, but most people will know what Budgeting is. Most people will probably know that it's good to have some savings in your bank account in case your car breaks down, etc. Can
1: I give a recce? Of course. Barefoot investor. It's not all about investing. You'll set up your buckets. There's also some great Instagram pages. Maybe we can do a little share about some of them that have like similar kind of concepts. But I think at first it seems extremely overwhelming. But often you're squashing your lemons because
0: failing to plan is planning to fail. And just for a personal story, I guess, and I'm going to call my brother out. My brother and I obviously grew up in the same environment, same household. We've been good mates the entire time. And we have completely opposite money stories. So Tom earns not at the moment because he's um, on ACC and is injured. So, you know, circumstance outside of his control, that means he has a low income at the moment. But normally he earns significantly more than I do. Yet, I swear to God, he's always asking me to, <laughs> to borrow money. Yes. Love you, Tom. I will happily lend you money for the rest of your life. But I think the a really funny thing that happened the other day is my brother messaged me and he was like, far out, I just made a budget. And I was like, mate, I've been telling you to make a budget for the last like four what? years. You almost, you know- asked me for money pretty frequently. And every time I'm like, hey, let's sit down. We'll sort out your budget. He made his budget for the first time last week and realized that he was like well overspending every week. And it's Mm -hmm. that thing that if you don't know where your money's going, it's just going to hemorrhage out and you won't be able to track it. Bless him. He's... uh, he's just such a carefree person that he didn't even think to, to, you know, put and put the making a budget into action. But now that he has, he's in a way better financial position. So I guess the first point that I really want to stress is that planning and making sure that you know what's happening with your money will save your ass nine times out of 10. I love the nature being nurture thing that's just come up. Like how interesting
1: that you and Tom are so different with those things and I think it's been in you for a long time Erin I obviously wasn't friends with you when we were very young but I have heard stories that you
0: would collect all your lollies and ration and like them out save
1: and ration them out like it's
0: always been in you. 100% I'm it's the stingy
1: bitch
0: I'm the absolute stingy bitch of the family but I'm also the one that people come to when they are in a stressful money position. So I'll happily take up that role if it means that I can help my family out every now and and
1: then. And I'm sure when Tom wanted a lolly when you were in primary school, he went to you.
0: Did he eat all his lollies at once and then come to you later? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: All right, let's go on to value-based spending, Erin. Tell us, what's your kind of tip, not advice around that?
0: Yeah, so value-based spending is definitely the next thing that I would recommend past Erin to continue doing. <laughs> uh, when I talk about value-based spending, basically what I'm talking about is figure out what it is that you value and then prioritize that. I love that. And I can think of a great
1: example of in our friendship, Erin. Um, when we all turned 21, we in our like t- tight girl friends group, we decided to go to Bali. And I know initially you felt like you weren't in a financial situation where you could go. And I think it was it your mum that encouraged you to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. And
1: obviously that took a cut to your savings and your plans and maybe on a spreadsheet, it didn't seem like the best decision, but I've heard you say, and I'm sure you will agree, hopefully still that it was the best decision you made. Like, you know,
0: maybe wrong in the books, but right in the heart. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing as well, which people sometimes, When you are on a low income, people kind of judge you for going and splashing out money on going Mm. overseas trips or buying the latest iPhone or whatever. But it's all coming back to value-based spending. Like your life is so short. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like if it means that you're going to miss out on too many things that are important to you to have a massive amount of savings in your bank, is it really worth having that number there at the end of the day? You know? And I guess the next thing that I just really want to stress To people who may be finding themselves on a low income at the moment, just make sure that you ask for help when you need it and preferably before you need it. So there are so many resources out there that I wish I had have used when I was going through some of the harder parts of my money struggles like I am in a really good position now but I definitely remember a time at university where I was eating canned tomatoes (laughs) because I could not afford to go food shopping that week and again self-imposed struggle I probably could have asked someone for help but I chose to struggle through it and go alone and I guess that's because there's a lot of shame attached to not having money or running out of money so Mm -hmm. what I wish I had of done then was to recognize that there shouldn't be any shame attached to having a low income or running out of money and that there's so many places there that can help you with your money if you need need it. And one place that I would just like to plug, um, not sponsored, this isn't an ad, but uh, Money Talks is a site that just has so many incredible resources, including free financial counselors. So if you are in that position where you're struggling to make ends meet and you know, you're stressing about it every day, absolutely check them out. Love it plug that. Definitely. So
1: what are some of the kind of mindset changes that you would suggest as a tip, but not financial advice, Erin? Uh,
0: so the first one is really important. And again, this is relevant to absolutely anyone, whether you're on a low income or a high income, but that is to detach your self-worth from your income. The amount of money that comes in on your pay slip at the end of the week does not define how valid you are as a human being. And I Amen. want to just Absolutely make sure that everyone knows that because I think. In today's society, it does seem to be that if you earn a certain amount of money that you have more social weight or you know people will value you more or respect you more. And that is absolutely rubbish in my opinion. So the first thing that you need to do is just completely detach your self-worth from your income. And I think if,
1: that, if you're really attaching your self-worth to your income, that's probably something you need to sit with because if your income goes, if something happens, what are you?
0: You should never be sort of defining your identity by that either. Eh?
1: Definitely not. I think that it, it often, you know, comes up um, for example, like when people get a new job, mm. they, you know, the kind of following question is like, congrats, are you getting more, like, are you going to get, is it more money? And I think that we should actually be like reevaluating that question as a friend. And we should be asking, are you going to be happier? Is it going to suit your lifestyle more? Because that's still, means income. You might be getting more money and you're like, yeah, it's going to suit my lifestyle more because I'm going to be earning more. But also what that friend might actually be changing their job for is because it's going to be closer to home. They're not going to have to travel as much or they're going to have the opportunity to work from home and it's, you know, it's going to work better with their kids or there's just so many other circumstances
0: that aren't just income. Like agree 100% with everything you've just said. Such an important point. The next, I guess, mindset hack that I have to share with you lovely people today not financial advice. is not financial advice, um, is to just avoid comparisons at all mm-hmm. costs. And I mean, this goes for every aspect of life, but particularly with money, okay. I think as a 26-year-old where probably most of my friends would be absolutely earning a lot more money than i am not necessarily most people because i'm still in a privileged position where i'm getting a weekly income and i know at the end of every week i'm going to get a certain amount of money but definitely if i compare myself to my peers or even my colleagues who are employed at the same place that i work at i'm definitely not in a good financial position but that just Sort of reinforces that shame around money and the unwillingness to talk about money or ask for help. So I think it's really important to just not compare yourself where you're at in this stage of your life with anyone else because we're all on different pathways and we're all choosing different things for different reasons. And comparing yourself will only take you down a negative spiral. And the last sort of point or tip that I would like to impart today is just to get comfortable saying no. So if you are on a low income, just make sure that you know what you value and you know what's important to you and that you are in a position that you can always say no if someone asks you to do something. So if you are in a really cool friends group, it's probably quite likely that you often get invited to go on trips or go out to lunches or go shopping or do whatever it is that you want to do. Play golf every weekend. I don't know what your what your hobbies are. Just, you know, whatever is your kettle of fish that's not the saying doesn't matter anyway the point is is that there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming up in your life and they're not going to stop just because you can't go to one thing I think it's really important to know what your values are know what your boundaries are and just be able to say thank you but no please invite me next time when things come up
1: I As a friend of yours who has been on the receiving end of those um, decisions, I really, really, really value that because I also then can see where your values are sitting at the moment. Like I'm sure a great example is we've got like a a special trip coming up for like doing something and I can see that's just, you know, not where you want to put your money at the moment. And I totally value that. And I totally, I actually really respect you for being able to say no to that.
0: Yeah, I guess from my side of things, it's always hard to say no. And I don't, I won't, you know, try and tell people listening to this that it gets easier over time because it doesn't. You often first get FOMO, which is a classic, but also sometimes you're like, oh, are they going to be upset with me because I can't go? I don't want them to, you know, feel guilty for organizing this trip because I still want them to be able to go. So it's really important. Maybe the important thing is to communicate why you can't go. It doesn't necessarily have to be um a big conversation, but you could just say, hey, look, that isn't in my, you know, money goals or abilities at the moment. I don't know.
1: I also think if your friends can't understand that, I would be trying to communicate it with it with them better. And if that's still not coming up, I don't know. Maybe you should listen to our episode about
0: revalued (laughs) Revalued friendships. friendships.
1: (laughs) So I guess Erin, as um as your friend and as we're talking about kind of how your friends might react, if you are like myself, a friend of someone that is with, like, you know, has a low income, um, what can we, I guess, do to support our friends? What, what are some hot tips? Fire away.
0: No, I really, I really appreciate you asking that as well, because I think. It's hard being the friend on the low income, you know, I'm often stressed about money and I often get FOMO and I often worry that my low income impacts my friends. So I really appreciate that. um, you would like to know how to help someone or, you know, support someone on a low income. And I really hope that the people listening to this feel the same way about people who are maybe on a low income in their lives. And I guess the, first point would be just to respect their boundaries I think this is kind of it can be a tricky one and it's obviously a very vague statement but the hypothetical example that I'm going to give because I've never been to Rome (laughs) but basically (laughs) if you were hypothetically planning a trip with your friends to Rome and you're on a low income and you give a budget of $6,000 I don't know how much it takes to go to Rome but let's guess that it's $6,000 is like a reasonable budget if your friends are on a higher income and then they do something like booking accommodation that is way outside of that budget scheme and is going to blow the budget it's really difficult because that not only blows your budget as a friend so you're going to be probably struggling financially but the impact that that's going to have on your friend with a low income is completely disproportionate to the impact that it's going to have on you really important that when people are putting up those boundaries that you just respect them it's it's Mm. shitty to be the person that has to be like hey i can't afford more than this and by firstly like embarrassing them or pitying them for that but then pushing their boundaries to see if you can kind of not milk more money out of them but kind of you know just doing what you want to do it's really harmful for the person on the receiving end of that
1: that's so true, I guess, as a friend, we can also think like, oh, I guess, oh, that that's pretty cheap for, for me, but we
0: need to consider how that affects that person. The last point that I wanted to make actually spins off that really nicely as well, is that if you are a friend of someone with a low income, don't go out of your way to make changes that you can't live with. So what I mean by that is that if your friend has a low income, they probably already know that they're not going to be able to afford the certain luxuries or lifestyles that you have the ability to afford. And I can speak from my own experience that I don't want my friends to not go on trips or go do things that I can't afford to do. That's the last thing that I would want people to do is to stop what they wanted to do because of me. So I think Mm -hmm. Only make changes that you can live with, don't sort of sacrifice things that are important to you or your value-based spending just because your friend can't come. And I guess the, the part the sort of situations that this is most apparent would be for traveling.
1: I guess as someone in your mid to late 20s, <laughs> um it also is really hard because a lot of people are in positions where maybe they don't have children or they don't have a mortgage. They do have a lot more income and they are, I mean, pre COVID traveling and, you know, doing all these going out and doing all these fun things that involve money. So it kind of like heightens your situation. Yeah. And
0: I guess that, that kind of comes back to that point of avoiding comparisons at all costs. It's, Mm. it's tricky to do. I absolutely understand that, but you know, we're all walking our own paths. We'll get there in the end just wanting to make sure that if you are walking the path of low income, that you're going to make sure that you're not stressing about it every day and that you're getting help if you need it. Do
1: you know, out of this episode, I took out some really good tips as your friend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, But it also, I really want to think about my value-based spending because in this week that I have thought I've had COVID but I haven't for some reason I went in stupidly just bought stupid shit and I don't value it I think I need to that is going to be a goal of mine for 2022 is to um, focus my money on value-based spending
0: regardless of what my income is so super super speedy recap, my top six tips, not financial advice, is firstly, planning will save your ass nine times out of 10. Make sure that you're doing value-based spending and ask for help when you need it, but also make sure you're detaching your self-worth from your income, avoiding comparisons and getting comfortable with saying no. And if you have a friend who has a low income, there's many ways that you can help support them.
1: Thank you, Erin, for being kind of open and honest about your situation. Um, Even in this episode, I have learned more about you, (laughs) which I think is really cool. Um, But yeah, really cool to be raw and honest. And I hope that people have taken stuff away from this. Um, As per usual, follow us on the socials at what the fuck is stopping you on Instagram. We love hearing your messages. Send us your
0: um, top Money tip. And the best advice: get a prize, cat's yes, notes. All, All right. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs>